this other time at Bandcamp. Hello and welcome to Here's Johnny's Reviews and my look at American Pie 2, coming out two years after the huge success of American Pie, with that movie making over 90 million dollar profit in America alone is American Pie 2 with its budget three times of the original and pulling in a whopping 115 million dollar profit in America alone. I saw this in a jam-packed cinema in the summer of 2001 with a few of my friends all of which were half drunk and we loved this. However 16 years later is this still the same? I'm not sure as I end up only being lukewarm on the original. So with that grab a second helping of American Pie starring Jason Briggs, Alison Hannigan, Sean William Scott, Chris Klein, Thomas Ian Nicholas, Tara Reid, Natasha Leon, Melina Savari, Eddie Kane Thomas and Eugene Levy. Directed by J.B. Rogers, The Plot, one year after graduating high school and during the summer break from college, Jim and the boys spend all summer together in a beach house where all they want to do is party, bang hot chicks and chill. But both things all go to plan what do you think? This is American Pie, people. So the movie opens up on a bad Blink-182 song, then on to what else? An uncomfortable sex scene with Jim, once again played by Jason Briggs, as he is now somewhat of a, quote, stud, as he is banging his college, quote, girlfriend. When, wouldn't you know it, not only does his dad, played once again by the great Eugene Levy, but the girl's parents bust into the room, spots the late Larry Drake, star of many a horror movie including Dr. Girls and the Darkman franchise as Jim's girlfriend's dad. During this highly embarrassing time, Jim's mother walks in with what else? An apple pie. Because that's funny, right? Oh dear. On to Oz, once again played by Chris Klein, with his head in a math book. I guess being a high school jock got you nowhere in college life unless, well, you go pro and get a scholarship, which clearly he didn't, so boohoo to him. As up walks the ever-annoying Stifler, played by, once again, Sean William Scott, to fuck up Ozzy's day by trying to get Oz to look up some girl's skirt. And how the hell did Stifler get into college? He was a very definition of dumb jock. Now, Oz, I can kind of see, but Stifler knew he should be frying up somebody's fries. Then on to Ozzy's Girlfriend, Heather, played again by Melina Savari, as she literally runs away from political science class because that's a complete waste of time anyway, and into Ozzy's hands to tell him she's off to Spain for the summer. Just as Kevin, played once again by Thomas A. Nicholas, walks out of the same class. And by the way, what are the chances the whole of the class of 1999 going to the same college? Hmm, as he wants to party hard all summer. Back with Jim as he enters his old bedroom and looks at pictures of the quote one that got away aka Nadia in walks Jim's dad to have yet another awkward talk about sex and a webcam instant from the first movie. On to the diner, well, where else this is still in the shadow of fucking friends people so why the fuck not have it in a diner. In walks Finch, played again by Eddie Kane Thomas with stories of his sex life and how much he misses Stifler's mom. On to Stifler's party where he tries to get some high school chick drunk and then walks around the house like cock at a walk and what a complete and utter douchebag this guy actually is. At the party is Sherman, played by Chris Owen. Seriously, did no one leave this town? Stifler quickly takes a piss out of him until two high school boys, spot Adam Brody as one of them, ask him if it was true Finch fucked his mother the previous year. And what I find truly sad is like college men are hanging out with high schoolers. 
to the point that two underage girls walk up to Jim and ask him about the webcam incident. At the airport, Oz says a tearful farewell to Heather as she flies to Spain for the summer. And finally, after 11 minutes in, Jim spots Jessica, played again by Natasha Leone, with Vicky again played by Tara Reid. <coughs> Suspicious much? <coughs> so the gang is all here. No wait. We still have Michelle and Nadia to pop up before we have a full house. Anyway, what the fuck is she doing here? Isn't she supposed to be halfway across the country in her own college? Also, Kevin is still sweet on her, even after she dropped his ass straight after they had sex and right after prom. She is a complete and utter bitch and he has to get his puppy dog eyes off that skank and onto somebody else. Kevin goes in for a full on kiss, but she friendzones him. Burn! Oz shows up, and within seconds, Stifler tries to get him to cheat on his girlfriend. However, he shoots his idea down and just walks off. Finch sneaks around the house, a little pervert that he is, and into Stifler's mom's bedroom and sniffs things until Stifler chases him away. It is also here he finds a book on tantric sex, and that is the running joke of this movie. After a quick scuffle with Stifler, Finch gets fanboyed over by the two, quote, MILF guys, one of which is played by John Chow who later on to play Sulu in the Star Trek movies. Out back, Stifler tries to fire into yet another high school girl by spilling cheap champagne on her and using cheap chat-up lines on her. He even uses the We Got Taught No Is Known college speech and wouldn't you know it, that actually works on her. Also, why do guys need to be told No Is Known college? What happened to human decency and common decency for fuck's sake? Also, why aren't girls taught no is no. The amount of times I got felt up in bars and clubs was unreal. Anyway, MILF guy 1 aka John Chow pisses over Stifler as he thinks it's champagne being poured over him by the girl who's been knocked out by a fa falling plant pot as you do. A. How did he smell it and B. Who the fuck pisses off a balcony at a party? Go outside in his bushes like any other bloody civilised human being. The cops show up and burst the party. So this makes the guys move into a beach house, but not before, while playing cards, who the fuck plays cards at their own party? Do the boys ponder if this is indeed sand for them to be hanging around with high schoolers? The answer is yes! Kevin is on the phone with his big brother, once again played by Casey Affleck, who tells him to go to Grant Harbour for the summer and just have a massive bloat party before live truly starts. Finally, 20 minutes in, Nadia, played by Shannon Elizabeth, calls Jim to tell him she's coming back at the end of the summer from New York to visit him. This sends doubts into Jim's head about his sex life experiences or lack thereof. So Kevin tells him his plans and boom, the plot can finally kick the fuck in. Another shit Blake 187 song plays as the boys, now including Stifler and Y, head to the lake house. They pull up to a huge beach house and how the fuck do they afford the rent on this place even with Five of them, the deposit must have been thousands of dollars. In montage, it shows the boys making themselves at home, including Kevin stacking up drinks in a drinks cabinet with brand names, I don't think so, and Finch picking up his newfound religion stuff all over the place because he's now Buddhist after reading one bloody book. Yes, moving on. Actually, one chapter of a book, moving on. Kevin has some old jobs as house painters. Yeah, because that's going to pay the rent of this huge-ass house and keep them in food, drink, electricity, gas, etc, etc, etc as Finchie stores up his sexual powers and this of course pisses off Stifler. As the boys have lunch, Jim once again doubts his sexual prowess 
So goes off to Bandcamp, and finally, 30 minutes in, the band is back together as Jim tracks down Michelle, once again played by Alison Hannigan, with her quote, a bad willow haircut. Once again, her annoying speech pattern drives me up the wall. I hate when people talk like that, it drives me insane when they have a question mark at every single bloody sentence, it drives me nuts. Anyway. Jim asked her why she didn't call him back after that one time after prom. He then asked her how he was in bed with her telling him he was absolutely shit and he had no clue what he was doing. Ouch! She offers him advice however, he has to stay hidden until the big event at the amphitheatre so she gives him her band camp outfit. I wouldn't you know it, he's caught by the camp leader and taken to stage perform. He is then handed a trombone and he is told to go on stage to perform. And they think he has special needs because that's funny, right? Making fun of special needs people. No, it fucking isn't, you lame ass excuse for a joke. So, with Jim wearing a ridiculous outfit of short shorts that can barely cover him and a polo shirt that's at least two sizes too small for him, the quote comedy can begin as once again they think he has special needs. Lame! He parades up and down the stage playing the trombone badly. And then, once finished, he gets a standing a round of applause because he's quote special needs and that's funny right? Ugh. Then to round up, the writers couldn't help themselves by doing a lame ass joke about Petey having huge balls because that's fucking funny right? No it's not, it's a lame ass fucking puerile joke, puerile joke. Anyway, somehow he gets out of this shit and I wonder if the writers wanted to push us even further but the studio was like nope, you may actually offend people, go back to the fucking plot. He's back with the boys once again, boohooing about how he's shit in bed. Suck up, you little bitch. No one is great the first time, and if they say otherwise, they're lying. The boys throw a party that night, and it's down to the Shermanator to tell them the party has no chicks and is in fact a sausage fest. Kevin walks around the party to see if this is true, and this leads to yet another awkward scene with Vicky and Jessica. Again, what the fuck is she doing here? Shouldn't she be off with her own group of friends? It's here Kevin tells her he's had three girls since they split up. Stuff comes out of nowhere and uses Oz to go quote fishing for girls. It's a beach party with free flowing booze and food and there's no chicks only dudes at this party. Yeah, I don't think so mate, this place will be crawling with girls. Stifler's quote fishing works as Odds pulls in a half a dozen underage girls. Sherman then hits uncomfortably on Jessica with his Shermanator stick. However, she shoots him down A because this is lame as fuck and B she's a fucking lesbian. Vicky and Jessica leave the party together but not before the lame puppy dog Kevin begs to see her again which of course they agreed to do that weekend. At a thrift shop, at a thrift shop even, where Vicky has somehow working, even though this is the same town where the boys didn't even know they were going to go less than a week earlier, she somehow has to a job in this place, but moving on. Jessica questions Vicky if it's true they can just be friends with Kevin because she wants into her pants, I'm guessing, because she is a bloody lesbian after all, and this is how rewriters think lesbians work. Mm. Back with the boys, Stifler points out to Kevin the rule of three about how many guys Vicky has actually had, i.e. take number and multiply it by three and you will find the real number. At the same time, Jessica tells Vicky her rule of three, i.e. if a guy gives you a number, you divide it by three and you get that real number. Therefore, Kevin still wants her and gee, I wonder what gave that fact away, the fact he's a puppy dog and falls around the bloody place. 
Back with the boys, as Stifler tells Oz his girl is blowing some Spanish guy even as they speak. Just then, the owners of the house the guys are painting leave, and Stifler thinks they're lesbians, so puts a planned notion to fix this, as all they need is a dumb jock cock to fix them. See what I mean by how these writers think this is how lesbians work? Okay then. Typical dumb man. If a girl is a lesbian, no matter how hot you think you are and how big you think your dick is, she isn't interested in you, nor your cock. It's the same with guys, no matter how hot you are, ladies, and how much you think it is a waste, he is not interested in you, unless he's this fluid sexuality bullshit, which is utter crap, and he's just using it because it's a fad right now. And in fact, he is straight. Oz calls Heather to see how she is, and this leads to something that doesn't happen anymore. Phone sex! This, of course, is interrupted by sales calls and Stifler being his usual dickhead self. Just buy a fucking laptop and Skype each other, then jack off like a normal bloody person does. Even in 2001, they also have bloody laptops with webcams. The next day, once the quote lesbians have left, Stifler pretty much breaks into their house to root around finding something lesbian. Jim goes in to get him out, Heather. Like a little child, Stifler runs around with a dildo in hand and grow the fuck up, you're meant to be 19 or 20. Uh, Finch is called in to help and get Stifler uh, out, however, the girls return and this leads to a painfully unfunny homophobic skint, as the girls agree to kiss and undress if the boys do something too. This makes both Jim and Stifler almost vomit, because that's funny right? WRONG! The girls, of course, head up to the bedroom and start stripping off as outside five guys are painting their house. Yeah, right. This of course leads to Kevin spying on them from the window, Animal House style, as Oz stands lookout with the other three in the bedroom. But of course, much like Jim and a webcam in the first movie, the walkie-talkies the boys are using aren't secure and half the town can hear what the fuck is happening because that's funny, right? Rehassing the same, same joke from two years earlier. This scene drags with the lipstick lesbians bullshit and all the touchy-feel crap from the boys as all around town people are listening in. After 10 minutes of this painfully unfunny stick, it finally comes to an end as Jim refuses to wank Stifler off. Later that day, Stifler hands out straight porn that he makes crystal clear is straight porn to the boys. Then he takes a call from his mother saying she'll be there by the end of the summer. This sends Finch, another character I cannot stand, as he's too far up his own arse and full of himself, it's completely unreal, into a fizz as he has to double his sex starving effects and what the hell, the, this joke is terrible, dump it already. Jim heads back to band camp to get pointers from Michelle. Again he asks why she ditched him right after prom, with her saying that's what guys wanted from her. With Jim saying he isn't a regular guy, he's different. With that, she gives out pointers until she gets bored and sticks a trumpet up his ass. They then get caught by the camp leader, so they have to run off and agree to meet up in two weeks. The next day, the boys plan a must-be-at-summer-party blowout as Jim gets a postcard from Nadia saying she'll be there in three weeks. Another montage of Finch doing his tantric exercises as Kevin goes out on a date with Vicky. And in the cutscenes, it makes it painfully obvious that this wasn't a date as both Oz and Jim show up, but 
Kevin chases the two of them away and it leads to this ridiculously painful scene. Or cringeworthy scene rather. This leads to a scene of Jim supergluing his hand to his dick after he mixed up a lube of superglue, as you do. This leads to an unfunny scene of Jim trying desperately to get it free as also the videotape has glued he has glued the videotape to his hand rather. To eat, terrible mix of alien art from Smooth Criminal. Nothing works, so this leads to the cops being called, then Jim's dad taking him to the hospital to get it off, with the doctor saying it'll heal in nine days. This is no good of course because Nadia is coming in seven days and don't with creams for his injuries and him wearing a bandage that looks like a lot like a bloody nappy or diaper for American. His dad drives him back to the beach house and to have a heart-to-heart -heart talk until his father makes it uncomfortable by talking about how him and his mother first had sex. Because that's funny, right? The next morning, the guys take the piss out of Jim and his damaged dick. Stuff gets another call, which Finch thinks was from his mother, but nope, it's Stifler's even more annoying little brother as he is one of four people that played him through this franchise lifespan. And guess what? He's even more annoying than fucking Stifler is. Finch freaks out to find it's Stifler's brother and not his mother. Another phone call from Oz and Heather, and yet more phone sex, but it's interrupted again, so that's off yet again. So Oz now has blue balls galore. So that's now Jim, Oz, and Finch have now blue balls. And I guess Kevin also, and I'm guessing Stifler too, but hey ho, moving on. The next day, Nadia shows up to surprise Jim. This sets Jim running off to Michelle, a geometry's wound up as a couple, hmm. asking for help. This leads to yet another montage, gee, what the fuck is this, 1987, for fuck's sake, of Michelle showing Jim how to kiss and unhook a bra, etc, etc. Jim's cock is now healed, however, he doesn't think he can go ahead with planned with Nadia, as he is nervous he won't be able to perform for Nadia's great expectations. The two then fake break up in front of Nadia, but wouldn't you know it, Michelle has feelings for Jim, and this bit goes absolutely nowhere because Michelle tells Jim to fake the relationship between her and Jim in front of Nadia because this makes him seem like a stud, but it goes nowhere, so moving on. Anyway, that Saturday night, they have the party of the summer, Vicky shows up with her boyfriend, this pisses off puppy dog Kevin, so off he goes running to sulk. Nadia finds out Jim has kept all the postcards she sent him throughout her travels and asks if this is really sad and desperate. And yes it is, but moving on. The boys all head down to the beach where they find a sulking Kevin and try to cheer him up, much like they did in the first movie. Original much? Hmm. Kevin spouts out bullshit like he wishes things would go back to where they were in high school. And if I was one of the boys, I would have bitch slapped him with his lovelong puppy dog bullshit and told him to get over it. She's nothing but a cheap common whore, as she's had at least nine men. And she's a con total controlling bitch, as it was shown in the first movie. The party continues as Stifler's little brother goes around each and every girl trying to hit on them. A, you're about 12, and B, they're college chicks. Fuck off, you little pervert. And with that, Stifler throws little douche nozzle out to police watch. The boys rejoin the party, Jim hunts down Nadia and the two have a very quick heart to heart and then Nadia wants to head off to the local lighthouse to have sex until Jim realises he loves Michelle and runs leaving Nadia all alone. With the party in full swing and more underage high schoolers heading to the beach house, Heather shows up to take Oz away. Stiffle's little brother is still outside on cop watch until over the radio he picks up the lesbians from earlier. Strimmon hits on Nadia 
and they hook up. Bullshit! You tried to submit a Shimonator ship would work? Uh, moving on. Jim heads back to bank camp to get Michelle, but wait, she's been home for weeks, what the fuck? Stifler's little brother shows up with the lesbians from earlier and Stifler takes them both away. Stifler is all of a sudden a new man and is into kinky shit. I say, why didn't it just turn him gay? And that's why he's always been such a dickhead as he wasn't ready to face his true sexuality. At band camp with Michelle on stage performing, Jim breaks into it and starts playing the trombone. The two kiss in front of everyone as the shit early naughty's rock song plays. They run off to head back to the party and at the beach house, the party is in full swing and getting out of hand as people are playing strip poker, doing jelly shots of girls' tits and just generally messing around and trashing the place. A really cheesy shot of all the boys dancing with their girls, toasting themselves to yet another shit some 41 song. The next morning, much like it did in the first one, it shows the boys in all their post-sex glow with their girls, as Stifler's little brother sneaks off with all the porn tapes the little pervert. It also shows Stifler has banged the two, quote, lesbians, so all was good in bullshit landing. The boys pack up to leave, just as Stifler's mom, once again put by Jennifer Coolidge, drives up in her Mercedes-Benz to rock Finch's world yet again. As the boys drive off, Mrs. Robinson plays, and a bit on the nose there, director, as Finch fucks Stifler's mom in the back seat as 12 weeks of built-up cum explode from his balls as a credits a roll. So that was American Pie 2, not as good as I remember from 2001, but then again, I was drunk. This is pretty much the same movie as the first one, just with lamer jokes, and I could have done with the whole lipstick lesbian thing and homophobic shit cut. For having only one laugh at Liz moment, I'm going to give this thing an under par 3 out of 10. Come back next week for American Wedding and a following week for American Reunion. Again, I am not doing the spin-offs because they're utter shit. Leave a like and subscribe to my SoundCloud. Also follow me on Twitter at Here's Johnny's Pod and email me movie suggestions to Here's Johnny's Reviews at gmail.com. Check out my other franchise podcasts of Star Wars, Mad Max, Resident Evil, Underworld and more. Also check out my solo podcast of Die Hard, Batman Returns, V for Vendetta, and many, many more. August is Hits of 87, 87, and 2007. September is Hannibal Lecter. October is Halloween, my look at the first three Hellraiser movies. November is a bad video game movies such as Tomb Raider and Street Fighter. And December is a festive of funnies. And a bye bye.